Yes! Welcome back to Go Deep the Podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we have an opinion like we have a clue. Thank you for coming back. And here's your host, John Nothing Doe. Wow, oh wow, I say it every time now, but you would almost swear I did that myself. (laughs) All right, folks, welcome back to the world famous GDP Go Deep the Podcast. We are a member of Go Deep Productions. You can find us on our website to listen from there or connect to the podcasters at godeepproductions.godaddysites.com. You can click on our links and you can connect with the podcast. You can send us an email. You can tell us you love us to death. You can tell Alan Smith he smells like shit. You can tell Asher Moon. I her- do. <laughs> you can tell <laughs> Asher Moon her readings are fan-fucking-tastic. I'm sure she'd appreciate hearing that. So, with that being said, on the show, you already know that Alan Smithy is on here. How are you, buddy? What's up, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Let me tell you, it's Sunday night. We're going to ease into this, get everyone's ready for uh, for the week ahead with some spooky business, man, because we've got some creepy shit coming up. Yes, yes, lots of creepy stuff. But talking about something that's not creepy, also on the show, Asher Moon, how are you? I am awesome as always, and hello to all of our listeners. I hope everyone is having a wonderful day. We absolutely this are. Is the, that is the best. I got to tell you, whenever Astro Moon says that, that is just the gen, the most genuinely nice way to start the podcast. I got to tell you, it just it makes me happy. It does. So uh, give me that he should put he should put I'm awesome as always on a T-shirt because I say it every time. <laughs> it should, but you're just like hello to all our listeners. It's, it's just it's a very it's so nice it's so congenial. Well, it is very, it's a very congenial thing. We're talking I love to, it. We're, you know, we're talking to each other, but we're really talking to them. So hello we really them. are. Yeah, we're 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 broadcasting out into the uh, into the ether. Well, so too, I just I just picture them all sitting there listening to us. But they're like, you know, they're like me. They're can of diet coke beside them and <laughs> just having and enjoying our podcast. So I just want them to know right. that I'm picturing them and I'm saying hello. And giving them if, a high five for listening. If you're driving in your car right now, if you're if you're prepping a meal, or if you're just hanging out and you're kind of half baked and you're lying on the couch, this is a, it's a good way to it's a good way to spend the, the next hour or so. So strap in, baby. Well, as long as you're not into satanic stuff, where you're giving a hand job listening. Well, if you want to, that's up to you. But I don't think this is the show <laughs> for that. We are doing a continuation on series called Dark Societies. So the last time we sp- uh, spoke, we spoke about the um, Illuminati. Today, we are talking about Freemasons. Freemasons, what in God's green earth is that, right? It's a fraternity. Um, it's like a brotherhood. They have changed a lot of things since the beginning of this fraternity. At one point, it was a man-only order uh, or fraternity. Now, uh, women are accepted and are available to be there. There's a lot of crazy shit that goes on here. So, Alan Smithy, what is something you can tell the listener about Freemasons? Well, here's the thing, man. Freemasonry is just one of those. It, it, it's either it's either revered as like a dark, secret, mysterious society, you know, with goat sacrifice and and and, you know, weird rituals, or it's just a very nice benevolent order of like-minded individuals who like to get together, sort of have the brotherhood of company uh, with each other. But I think Freemasonry has always been steeped in mystery because, you know, with its origins, back in the day, it usually appealed to the engineering type, meaning that you were intellectual. And I think, you know, if you go back 100 years, 200 
200 years, 300 years, 400 years, uh, where the level of education wasn't high amongst the general populace, you could be, if you were an engineer, if you were someone who knew, who understood math, if you were someone who understood science, if you were someone who, you know, understood engineering, you would be perceived as a wizard. And, and I think the, the idea of a brotherhood of wizards created a lot of fear uh, amongst the general population. And the, so I think that's sort of where their mystique came, you know, sort of came about. You know, at first, when, before I started studying Freemasonry, I thought, yeah, they really are maybe a cult. But now, I, I don't know, man. I, I just think they're just a sort of a benevolent brotherhood of um, you know, sort of well-educated and, you know, congenial, uh, like-minded folks. Now, I know that, you know, there's Freemasonry, which is sort of more than traditionally Protestant, versus the Knights of Columbus, which is the sort of counter flip side of the coin for the, the Catholic sort of order of men, you could say. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. They, they've been, you know, through the years Freemasonry, there's been all sorts of speculation about, you know, what they do and what they don't do. But as for their history, I think Astro Moon's got sort of a better handle on where they came from historically. Yeah, well, I'm trying, you know, going to refer back to my element, Encyclopedia uh, of Secret Societies, which has made many appearances on the show. Yes. Um, and uh, also we've got a little bit of Encyclopedia Britannica going on here as well. We're going to go old school into the encyclopedia and so on, so on. And it looks like really what it came from. It's kind of like the Middle Ages or the late Middle Ages equivalent of what we would call a legion hall now. It's right. It's kind of the people who built the cathedrals and stonemasons as cathedral building and stonemasonry kind of started to fall out of, you know, popularity as a profession. These legions, these unions, groups of stonemasons and cathedral builders would induct new people into their, like, their rankings so that they could, you know, keep their guilds going and whatever, right? Like they were honorary members. The same way that now people will join a Veterans Affairs in the United States or a Legion Hall here who have never even touched a war or the army, right? They're just there to pay dues, dues and to hang out and, uh, you know, be part of the community, right? Yeah. But it's kind of from there. According to the book, let's give us a little, here we go. We are on page 197. I'm going to quote direct here. Uh, Non-members are often surprised to learn that his actual focus is self-improvement. Men join in practice Freemasonry to make themselves better human beings and the rituals, symbols, and teachings of Freemasonry focus on morality and ethic coming from Hermeticism, which is we go over to the Hermeticism page on 234, this is one of the most influential spiritual movements in the Western world. It emerged from uh, in Roman Egypt in the first few centuries of the Common Era, born of the collision between traditional Egyptian spirituality and Greek philosophy in an age of radical religious change. So, there t- it seems to be that it was kind of just a group of dudes who took this one kind of belief system and decided, well, we don't get to build cathedrals anymore, so now we'll just turn it into something else. And they started doing that instead. And, you know, when you, you know, as always, as a skeptic and whatever, right, when you think about, in the, you know, 1600s, 1700s and whatever, the, the church was not exactly the most welcoming of different belief types and different type groups that would have, you know, churches and governments that were hand in hand at the time probably would not have had the greatest opinion of a group like the Freemasons being created and joining ranks because it has 
it's a threat to them, right into their uh, membership. The, the church, so, the church at that point in time was just anything that ran counter to their beliefs was Satan. They, it just it was exactly. very easy so, for them to, to label it Satan. So I think that you know, no matter what they intentionally started out as, they they, they were of course demonized right away because they were a threat to, you know, the Anglican Church, which was probably was around the time of it just starting with, you know, Henry and all of that stuff, right? Or the Catholic Church, if it was like, you know, mainland Europe kind of stuff. It really seems, though, that it was most popular in the British Empire, like Britain, Ireland, England, I mean, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and then I guess, you know, the New World and places like that as time moved on, right, Australia and slightly other colonized places. But it did end up moving into, like, Europe and took on its own little flavors in Europe, you know, I guess based on probably the religious differences between mainland Europe and England at the time, right? How the, the, the history of these things, they always start out so innocently, and then it's kind of outside actors who put the, like, sinister spin on it. You know what I mean? Like it's the mythology, they mythologize it because they don't understand it or they fear it. Like I was saying, you know, to, to people in the 1600s, 1700s, people that could understand math or understand science were feared, you know, because only, you know, a, you know, a few hundred years before that, they, you know, the church and, and uh, the Pope was having people like Galileo and, and uh, Copernicus, you know, they were exiled or, or murdered because they had different views on astrology and astronomy. Astrology of this time women were burned as witches like throughout oh, the for sure absolutely oh. yeah yeah burned or drowned hey if you if you drown guess what you're not a witch and if you survive the drowning we'll burn you the stake why because you survived the drowning because you're a witch there was no awesome. it, it, it's just a miserable time you know you're the, rocking a hard day <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the question that uh mofo had sent me is he couldn't understand why they were bibs i mean aprons sorry aprons <laughs> i don't want to piss yeah. anybody off yeah, I don't, I think a lot of it goes from, from, you know, from lodge to lodge and, and uniforms and traditions. Uh, I know from, you know, talking to a couple of Masons who currently practice today, they don't use the, the aprons or the, or the gloves much anymore, but they're always, for some reason that you, you, they dress up in suits. Every time you go to a, a lodge meeting, you, you must be in a suit. And I don't know what the, form, I, I guess it's just a formality. You don't want, you don't want lodge members as sign of respect for the lodge. You're not rolling up in your sweatpants and your, your high top, uh, I, shoes. I'd love to show you up know? in my skinny fucking jogging pants with my bald pecker in a fucking bib. <laughs> I get that, you know, like, I, you know, it's a good look. It's a good look, but yeah, like, I know that, you know, some lodges, they, they have, like, very ornate gloves and very ornate aprons, and it's a whole look, man. It's a whole scene, and again, it just adds to that sort of, that weirdo, creepy mythology that surrounds Mason. They can, like, any mysterious group, you, when, you, when you're an outsider, and if, if the group itself keeps its, uh, the information about the group and its membership very closed and very secretive, even if there's no reason to keep it secretive, if that group survives a long time, you're going to build up a tremendous mythology around it. People are going to mythologize it simply because they don't understand or, or don't know it. Then when you combine the sort of weirdness, like, you know, as Astro Moon was saying, you know, they, they, there was a lot, they had a, a sort of a, an, an interest in Egypt. And, you know, if you, Egyptian religion with God gods like Anubis and Horus, um, the, the, to the average you know person, those seem really strange and mysterious and weird, like a half man, half bird, half man, half dog, 
uh, it, it, sort of the whole Egyptian culture, Egyptian religion seems mysterious and dangerous and 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 wild. So, yeah, exactly. So when when you find a group that not is sort of rejecting the church but is embracing math, science, and Egyptian religion, yeah, you're going to think that it's uh, they're maybe creepy. And the interesting thing that that what Astor said about you know being a, sort of a British base during the the 1800s and the 1900s, uh, the Masons pillaged Egypt. And if you go through um, parts of London and and parts and uh, a lot of uh, English towns, you will find uh, an Egyptian obelisk, which is the what the the Washington the, the memorial is. Yes. In uh, in in it's just a tall narrow tiny thin pyramid like tower and it's called an obelisk and they pillaged they, the, the the masons went throughout Egypt and pillaged as many obelisks as they could find because they felt that these obelisks had power that they had some sort of magic power and just the idea of their symmetry the simplicity in their building and so they, they scattered them all throughout England and there's now a movement from the Egyptian government to try to reclaim these obelisks to say listen they this these were pillaged. These belong to Egypt. We need them back. But again, the the Brotherhood of Masonry, even in the 21st century, is strong. So the resistance is there to, to not give them back. But yeah. Now, Alan Smithy, just give me one yeah. second. I have uh, Mofo who's entering the call. So give me one sec. Mofo uh, was so like enthusiastic about his question about the bib slash apron that he had to get himself involved. Mofo, welcome to the show. I've walked into a snake pit. <laughs> dude, dude. <laughs> As I live and breathe the great motorsports mofo, I, I don't even know. I'm humbled. I am humbled simply to be. I was humbled to be on the podcast with the great Astro Moon, but now you know you're not as great as Astro Moon, but you're close, man. You're very, very, very close. <laughs> as I live and breathe, Alan Smithy, it's a pleasure to be in your presence. Uh, you know, and as the feeling is mutual, my friend, mm. I can't wait to hear what bullshit is going to come streaming out of your <laughs> pie hole right about now. So I don't know it'll be in, it'll be in abundance. <laughs> I, outside of sack lunches, Mofo is very interested in the topic of Freemasons as as much as we were. I didn't mean to drop, but when Mofo was so excited that he couldn't even re- retain himself, we had to bring him on the show. Uh, Mofo, just to catch up with the listener. We're talking Freemasons. We're going through the history of the Freemasons. We've kind of uh, elaborated on some of the celebrity um, people who've been Freemasons in their lifetime. I did bring up your question, like I said, about the apron slash bib that you referred it to. I corrected it. I know that when you're taking those blue pills, it clouds your mind. You can't think with the upstairs head, or rather the downstairs one. So moving forward, uh, Alan Smith, you just finished talking about the obelisks and um, Egypt wanting to take them back. Now, is there anything you'd like to add to that directly now, or would you like to move forward? I actually just did a little bit of searching. Okay. The obelisks. The obelisk generally, now most obelisks they survive, like have that have survived have survived long like from the fifth dynasty of Egypt on, right? Yep. So most of these are embellished and carved with hieroglyphs, characteristically to include religious dedications to the sun god. Now, when you look into Freemasonry and the sun god, the sun is a super super important symbol for the Freemasons, and it's to rem- uh, they're combined to describe God, whom the sun and the moon and the stars obey. The sun and the moon are also to remind the officer of the lodge to govern the lodge's regularity. 
which kind of ties back to that whole, you know, the, the really main purpose of it for being personal self-improvement, right? Like kind of reminding you to keep yourself in like a godly, yes. like, which is interesting. Very interesting that they would want the obelisk considering the symbolism that's attached to that. Well, not to change yeah, the subject necessarily, about it. but uh, apparently there's uh, reason to believe that a lot of Christianity is actually based off of Egyptian beliefs and religion. It's based off of way more than that. Half, like That's what Christianity, Christianity, like most religions did, was they took the celebrations of the pagan or otherwise groups around them and merged them into the, uh, their, like, the Christian religion. Like, you know, one of the perfect examples Examples of that is Ireland. Ireland had such a rich, beautiful culture before Christianity, and what they ended up doing was kind of merging the two together, which is why you have saints like Saint Bridget, who Bridget was one of the, the goddesses of Ireland in Ireland, in Irish mythology before Christianity. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so there, there's kind of that merging there, right? But no, a lot of like uh, a lot, like I guess, I guess, yeah, Alan Smithy had it, I think, the, the most correct when he said that they were originally not the most religious, and they didn't really care what your religion was most lodges but then there were some that they were very protestant and were very discriminatory against other groups of people and you know like i guess like any groups in history have been right so yeah i mean you know when freemasonry was formed it became a very sort of loose affiliation but each each lodge you know each lodge again just due to the difficulty of communicating with you know a distance in time uh and the fact there was the dark ages each lodge communicated and sort of keeping it up a set of standards and consistency it was it was very very hard to do. So each lodge was sort of left on its own to just sort of not not carve out its own rules, but just sort of take its own approach to membership and take its own approach to how it facilitates uh, the sort of the ongoing meetings and sort of the adherence to uh, to sort of the, the idea of being a Freemason. So yeah, it depended on the lodge, depended on the you know the the, the lodge members and who headed the lodge as to how either draconian or how casual the lodge would be. But I don't think they were sweatpants casual, but you know, that's, that's what I mean by casual. Like not mofo in the garage casual, but just <laughs> casual. I just want to actually chiming back to the religion part is it's always interesting when you look through and you really comb over with an objective view about all the religions globally speaking and over time I think it's safe to say like a lot of them are probably taken parts and borrowed parts off of another religion piggybacked it onto their own um, because when you look over a number of them there's a number of overlapping views that may call things a different name or you know pertaining like to their gods or, or their rationale pertaining to thereof but again I think a lot of religions are essentially taken bits and pieces off of another religion to where it may be originated from and then it just spread globally as people migrated. The hardest thing to tell a Christian is that Jesus was a Jew. People don't, you know, react well to that when they say, well, was, was Christ, a, was Jesus Christ a Christian? No, Jesus Christ was not a Christian. Jesus Christ was Jewish. So, you know, when people have very, the religion's one of these polarizing things, you know, that, that can either bring people together or, of course, cause groups of people to kill each other. Well, and, I mean, you can uh, think of all the holy wars that have taken, you know, especially throughout the, the Middle Ages, right. the way it went on and, and crusades, right. right, based on religion. Yeah. I, I think the Freemasons were sort of um, part of, you know, I sort of came in, again, uh, Astromoon is the sort of the more, uh, better historian here, but there was the sort of the Age of Enlightenment where, 
in Europe, people were sort of coming out of the dark ages with a profound sense of the future and understanding science and technology and the universe a little more. And I think the Freemasons were a direct product of sort of the Age of, Enlight- uh, Age of Enlightenment, where, you know, this group of people felt that... Um, they understood the world a little more and they wanted to get together and sort of share that knowledge amongst each other. And when you hoard knowledge, sometimes you become sort of the antithesis of, of the larger group. You're seen as evil or or um, terrifying because you're hoarding knowledge. Well, yeah, and, and I, I think that it's definitely, like, there's no, it's no coincidence. I don't think that the, the rise of Freemasonry as a group like this kind of coincides with the rise of the Illuminati. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're kind of, the same time and just in different places but kind of doing the same thing when you really think about it you know being a group of people who think in a different way than the mainstream than the norm right yeah, yeah so I, I definitely can agree with that for sure yeah for sure they were powerful like so the thing that you know generally you know with religious especially when you're going against the church in the dark ages you're 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 going up against a powerful group but what gave them the masons sort of their freedom to continue to operate as a group is that they were literally building society. So they were the ones building the churches. So of course, you know, the the church, the church leaders, the bishops and the, the cardinals, you know, want to build these big beautiful symbols to their own power and to God. Well, if they all of a sudden decide to take the masons and burn them at the stake, well, who's going to build those churches? Who's going to build the great, you know, the cities? So there was a there was an understanding amongst the the sort of the leadership groups, whether it's the village leadership or the, the you know, the society's leadership, especially in the church that they had to put up with the Freemasons because if they killed them all, who's going to build this shit for them? And they, the Freemasons were building incredible things because of their understanding of engineering. These were, you know, a group of, of engineers. Well, here, um, here's who, a interesting fact there for you guys. You know, being a Freemason isn't a free thing. It's not like going to church and making a donation. There's like an no. application process and there's a substantial amount of money you have to pay in order to be a part of this fraternity. And it's not just like a one-time pay. We're talking a yearly um, pay to be a part of that. And every uh, lodge has different prices. But generally speaking, from the way I understand it and the way I've been told, is once you're part of one lodge, you can visit other lodges. But that's yet to be proven by me anyways personally but it's been told to me no i, I in, no, that is true you you um what you know I, I i know a couple of masons and yeah you belong to a lodge but you're free to visit and you sort of the privileges of being a freemason you know that's why you see people with freemason license plates and and that's another reason why you wear the ring it's sort of a you're you're a member of a very exclusive club you know you have to be in generally speaking you have to be invited by another Mason to join the Masons and, and you, you, you get an invitation from a Mason and you attend a meeting. And if the rest of the Masons feel that you are Mason material, it's a, it's a click. It, it's it, you know it's it's no different than any other sort of elite group, but it's it's definitely you know membership is not guaranteed. On that note, though, Alan, so like, do you think or do you? I mean, anyone like, do you guys think that being a Mason or being a member of the group now in 2022 still carries the same weight as it would have say in the 1600s, something like that? You know, I mean, like, does it? And I reference that in the sense of in the 17, 1600s, like you talked about the powers of the church. Yeah. Do you think, generally speaking, the the church is now that I think they're more of a figurehead. I mean, you ask how many people on an average basis actually go to church. Most people I, say, well, I, I go on Christmas and Easter, but, or, you know, there, there is parts of Europe or um, the Middle East, the church and praying is a very big thing, but 
if you ask the average day-to-day person, do you go to church or how, how invested are you within the church in an environment like that, how often do you do it? And you probably get like a very slim, slim response. And that's what I say is like, what do you think the, the presence of the Freemasonry is now in 2022? Well, I, I think the fact that we're talking about it is, as a group tonight on the podcast is just a, an indication of, of the sort of its ongoing, its ongoing interest. I don't know if it's as powerful a group as it was, but definitely the mythology is still there. And even though there have been books written about, you know, masonry and, and you know, what um, what a meeting entails and membership and all that, there's still an allure of mystery about it because it's still such an exclusive club. And as John Doe said, you know, there have been so many uh, powerful people in the world in history who have been members that the that uh, even though you know we try to understand it there's still that mythology behind it so you know it's not i think white church membership uh, you know it's sort of on the decline i don't know if people are 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 joining the masons the way they were there's a desire to join the masons um like there were but there's definitely it's still as steeped in the mythology as it's always been and I, I don't know if that mythology will sort of ever go away because masons are so good at keeping their secrets and they're I guess they pledge their vows to to uphold the privacy of their organization it, you know is, is almost like same thing with the Knights of Columbus on the Catholic side that there is such a level of um, maturity and trust and secrecy in keeping the group's you know secrets that it just really, really lends to the mythology, even though, you know, as, as I think Astro Moon and I have, have sort of alluded to in this podcast, they're, they're, they're not as evil and not, or not as terrifying as they should be, but they're just... And the I think, there. I think part of it, though, also comes back to, like, when you look through history, all the, again, the religious wars, the holy wars, the crusade, things like that, that they went, that they would have went on, and now, you know, the in jihad, modern times. Jihad, my friend, that's the word you're looking for, the jihad. Fair enough. Woo! Just, I guess I, I, I just think in, uh, you know, modern times now, we don't have a lot of these things, so maybe that's why it, it seems to be, like, a bit of a lesser presence, but uh, by no means to uh, take away or strip uh, the things that they had done. But I do agree about the level of secrecy and just the way that, you know, it's almost like, dare I say, like, uh, you think back to Fight Club, you just don't talk about it unless you're a member, right? Right. And remember, think with the Masons and with Fight Club, if it's your first night, you fight. (laughs) At this point now, the Freemasons are almost synonymous with the Illuminati. Like, the, the, the two things get completely interchanged in, you know, and like, you can start talking to like a real deep down conspiracy theorist about the Illuminati and it will touch on the Freemasons at some point. You know yeah, what I mean? They'll, they'll say like, oh yeah, and all these, all the members of the Illuminati are also Freemasons. So that's not true, but you know, because uh, I don't think, you know, the aliens from Alpha Centauri who are members of the Illuminati, have free, uh. I don't think they have Freemasonry up there, but you know, I, I don't really know for sure. I just think, I think it's, just, it's more, you know, indicative of, of human beings need to kind of find something secretive or, you know, tricky or wrong or sinister about stuff that they just don't understand or yeah. don't get don't get to understand, right? right. That's, like, and that's such a know, primitive, that is such an... No homers right. allowed. Yeah, it is It is just such a primitive um, uh, instinct, part of human nature to, to sort of mistrust what you don't understand, mistrust what you're not allowed to. And again, everybody wants to belong and to sort of be purposely excluded from a clique that's also kind of cool and mysterious. Nobody wants to, nobody wants that's probably that. how this all started, you know. Some rich asshole back in the 1600s was like, I want to be in the Freemace too. And they were all like, no, you're a dick. And then he went and told all, talked all kinds of shit about them. That's probably how all of this started. I, I guarantee, you know, and it's true. 
true. I mean, Benjamin Franklin was a bit of a dick, but he, you know, he was a the, the even the founders of the United States of America didn't want him on the Constitution. They're like, oh, thanks Ben Franklin for discovering electricity, but fuck you, you're not going to be part of our little constitutional club. You know, I going back to the religion part of this whole thing, I decided to look up some time ago about the religion because there's um, a belief that these guys are satanic. Uh, I can't seem to find anything on that. It's not to say there isn't anything on there, but according to what I can I can research, it says a Masonic Bible is in most cases a regular King James Bible, which contains both the Old and the New Testaments. So basically, they are basically just Christians in a sense. They've just taken their own right, version yeah. of it, right? Yeah. So I just thought that yeah, was interesting to throw out there. It's, it's a, you know, uh, from a very Protestant angle, you know, from the, sort of the Protestant side of the of the church. But yeah, like, say, again, say, do they sacrifice goats? Maybe. Uh, we don't know. You know, I got to wonder what the apron's all about. And, and it was sort of mofo came back on. The apron is land and lambskin apron. More so than any other symbol, the lambskin apron is a universal badge of a mason. Aprons, girdles, or sashes have appeared throughout history as symbols of honor, piety, and achievement. And also good cooking. I mean, you know, well, yeah. you get Gordon Ramsay in the apron and you're just, you're, you know, he's going to kill that dinner. What about crosses? It. What was what? A cross from what? I was just curious if it mentioned anything about crosses in terms of symbolism and the Masons. No, they they don't seem to have anything to do with the traditional Christian symbol of the cross. I know that's, that's the Knights of Columbus. The Knights of Columbus are uh, sort of a counter organization to the Masons, but they're, they were sort of uh, a, a group formed by the Catholic Church based on on the sort of the knights of the um, crusades and the idea that uh, sort of uh, a group had to sort of uphold the, the tenets of the Catholic Church but weren't officially bishops or cardinals or that sort of thing. So yeah, the, the Knights of Columbus are very steeped in sort of Catholic symbology like crosses, but uh, Masons are being that they're more Protestant, are more engineering symbols. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to say their most important thing, that the most important symbol that they use of anything is the Pythagorean theorem. That's their most important thing, it seems to be, of all. And is, is that the tool the a, and the God symbol of the G for God in the middle of it? No, that's the, like, I think it's like the mathematical formula that, like, the sum of two sides is going to, like, a a triangle is going to be equal to the the longer side or whatever. Yeah. Are we talking about the hypotenuse? Because that's all I remember from geometry. I don't know. I I, I'm, like going back to, yeah, I'm going back to high school geography or geometry here. But it's apparently because it's the most useful mathematical equation for building. It was one of the biggest secrets of early stonemasons. Let me right. see, hold on. Pythagoras' theory. So, so with respect to symbology, I think one of the things that l allows Freemasonry to still be steeped is, you, for example, the U.S. $1 bill with the pyramid with the all-seeing eye on top of it. A lot of that is Freemasonry symbol symbology yeah. based on Egyptian symbology. And when you look at the back of a $1 bill, an American $1 bill, you just you look at it and you're like, what? what is that? You, you know, like people don't take the time to look at it, but it's a pyramid with the top of the pyramid is the all-seeing eye, which is the strangest thing in the world to, you would think to put on money. But again, that was sort of Freemasons, uh, because so many Freemasons were part of the sort of the early American uh, government institutional system that they they wrapped the government and uh, the United States in such deep uh, Masonic mythology. Now, you know what's really kind of strange in Toronto anyways, I can't speak about other cities or countries, but in Toronto on Young Street, I believe it's when 
when uh, church changes over at Young, the yeah, Bell Park. Media Building is Masonic uh, is a Masonic temple where they do a lot of yeah. their shows out of. I thought that was kind of a weird thing to uh, to figure I, out. I've seen concerts there before back in the day when I was a teenager. There's actually a Masonic temple very close to where I live, not very far at all, a couple a couple streets away. Same here. Um, and uh, you know, and I guess I you know, I, it's funny because I've lived in this neighborhood my entire life, but I actually only really noticed it about six months ago or so. And uh, you know, it's a big building, but it's pretty nondescript. You know, you wouldn't really notice it unless you were actually looking for it, which I guess, you know, kind of also lends the secrecy of the whole Freemason thing, right? Like this plain sight, but you don't even really notice it. But yeah, I've never seen a human being go in or out of that place. I've never seen a car in the parking lot. So I don't know what they do in there. I don't know. It's like maybe you go by there on Thursday night at nine o'clock and it's like the party's up and I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Astro Moon, if you, if you see somebody walking a goat outside of it, it's yeah. probably not a good sign. Well, you know, for like, but that's one of the things that, with, with the exception of very few different groups, as a woman, I really have, would not, I wouldn't be even allowed in the door. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's a male organization, right? So I kind of just get to speculate until one of you guys becomes a Mason and then tells me all the secrets. Well, so. you know, something that's very special to the Freemasons, according to Google, is their handshake. Apparently, it's a way for them to identify to each other that they are Masons. And there's uh, a lot of diagrams on how this handshake is supposed to look and if you look there's a picture of justin trudeau and uh trump when he was president there's a picture of trump and bradley cooper the pope and uh the german counselor all these different figureheads and it's like the different ways of doing it it's kind of strange right like there's the grip and how you're supposed to do it and like it's like the thumb on top of someone's like index finger knuckle and it's just it's just very uh strange and i'm not sure is, what the symbol is like, donald trump a mason i i guess he might be because it's kind of alluding in the images on uh on google that he's, he could be. Wow, he's, he's, no offense to Donald Trump, but he's got to no. be on the lowest level. You, you know, <laughs> like he's no, there's no way he moved up their moral level. I don't think he's no actually. No way that uh, man moved up the piety, the piety and honor ladder. Listen, but he, he has the money. He has the money. God to save the United States of America. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> Donald Trump was sent by. He is the most religious president the United States ever had. Don't just ask him. Just ask anybody. He's the the most religious president. Believe him. That, believe him. Right. Believe, believe. believe me. Believe me. Uh, it, he's, he is. He's, he's very dumb. strongly he's, religious. He believed in religious very strong or religion very strongly. He was holding that Bible with such righteousness upside down that you would think he was Satan. Well, that's a topic. This, this is a different topic than the Freemasons, but um, <laughs> what's it I think no. I made a mistake there, and I and I think Asher Moon is literally losing her shit. I'm gonna send you a, no, a pack no, no, no. of uh, tarot cards just to calm you the fuck down. <laughs> no, I just don't need. I don't need no. I don't need no mega hate up in my DMs. Okay, oh, like. Fuck. You all, you all do you. Oh shit! Now you're gonna get canceled me. like Don Cherry. <laughs> oh man! I don't think I don't think I'm on the canceled side. I think I'm on I think I'm on the canceling side personally. But that's all, all right. right. Uh, I will take the heat, listeners. You can send all the mega hate my way to Alan Smithy at GDP Productions because I'm definitely not a not, I'm definitely an anti mega guy. I'm saying that right now. So you do not include any of the others on the uh, the anti mega hate, but you can definitely bring it Alan Smithy's way. Totally, man. Totally. Yeah, what I have you guys nice heard? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I just I just want nice messages. Just don't send me. <laughs> no, I want the hate man. 
mail. That's the whole thing. I want the hate mail. All Don't right, bring that hate mail. Send Alan Smithy the hate mail. Bring it, bring it all to Alan Smithy. He loves it. I think uh, Donald totally. Trump could afford uh, to be at the top if you wanted to, because if it's a fraternity based on money, I can I can certainly <laughs> see him being on top of it. He definitely does not have a shortage of money. But uh, Mofo, you're going to ask a question. Too small. I got to tell you, John Doe, his hands are too small to do any type of secret hands. It's better to have small hands than smaller than baby else. hands. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Can I tell you guys? I, I know I am so immature and I'm so childish, but every time you guys say the secret handshake thing, I think of the Stonecutters episode of The Simpsons. Every I thought about that too. Think, I literally think about, about the whole the stone cutters, so. I've been thinking about it the entire time we've been talking about this, to be completely yeah. honest. And who is the head? Who's the voice of the head stonecutter? Patrick Stewart. Were oh, you yeah. really? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, Captain Jean-Luc Picard was was the was the uh, voice of the headstone cutter. I can see him being a Freemason in real life. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Motorsports Mofo, you were going to ask a question, and I'm sure it wasn't Blue Chew, and if you wanted to be our sponsor, you know where to find me. <laughs> No, I was just curious. I'd read a couple of articles, and I know there's people that believe that the Freemasons have a tie to Oak Island, so off Ooh. the coast of Nova Scotia there. Just curious what your thoughts are on that. Ooh, I love that mystery. Love, love, love that Oak Island mystery. I don't know. I'm still on I'm still on the uh, the Oak Island train where it was is a pirate. It's the site of a pirate treasure burial. Although, to the degree at which things were buried uh, would imply an absolutely outstanding level of knowledge with respect to engineering just in terms of you know what you know what was discovered about oak island at the end of the 19th century the early part of the 20th century where they dug down with the initial levels finding the sort of the palm leaves and the wood before it really got excavated before it became a history channel absolute travesty there was a high degree of engineering put into oak island whatever was in that original pit so I get uh, Mofo. I get the idea that Masons were involved because at that time it required someone who is an absolutely brilliant engineer. It's not to say someone who you know was a pirate who had a big booty, and by that, <laughs> listeners, I don't mean a pirate with a fat ass. I mean a pirate with a bountiful treasure that they kept Arr, up their look ass. That behind. That's right. Get a look. Hi, <laughs> matey. Have you ever been there? Have you ever seen a man naked, Billy? What? You know, pirate <laughs> what, were, were you on the hike with the sack lunches? Dude, I'm all over it, man. I'm gonna flip into my pirate. Arr, I need to, I need to bury me treasure. I so, find, uh, I find two two quick points. I find it interesting. You said reference the show on. I, I've seen the show on the History Channel, but I, I find it interesting. You say a travesty. Travesty. Actually, yeah. Or sorry. I I've just say I found it rather interesting. Just to okay. see what the guys cool. are doing. But to my just to my other point though, I just want to quickly make is when I think of them being at Oak Island or the hypothetical thereof, I I I, I remove the treasure part, and I more right. so just think that you know these guys could have been here before Columbus to North America. And that's what's interesting. I don't know if the Masons existed or I think the Masons, and again, uh, Astro Moon is the expert with respect to their timeline, but I think they came about, so, you know, Columbus and, and sort of the, the Vikings were the first North America, the first that sort we of, know uh, of. Yeah, that we know of. Yeah, colonizers. They uh, they came and went, you know, earlier in 1000 BCE, uh, or sorry, 1000 AD, but uh, Freemasonry really didn't start cropping up until about 
the 16 or the 1700. And uh, that was well after um, Columbus allegedly uh, landed in America. But according to the encyclopedia, the oldest Freemason document dates back to biblical times. Ooh. And that's what I'm saying. It's just like it, there's so many things that you could speculate on. But that would it's, all, it's all up for debate. That would make sense, though, if it was, if it is based on Hermeticism, though, that that, that would probably have been the time where Egyptian philosophies and Greek philosophies kind of merged as one, right? Right, yeah. So, and that, if that's, if there were people who, you know, at that time, especially with like, you know, that was Roman Empire times, right? Nobody was living a peaceful life back then, right? So if there was something else that could kind of make it different for them, I'm sure it's the same way that Christianity kind of took off, right? Like... It's funny you mentioned Roman Astromoon because the the um, traditionally most of the Freemason aprons have the traditional Roman emperor imperial uh, eagle on the front of it. There, there's something about that sort of the uh, the flag bearing standard of the Roman eagle that Freemasonry seems to like on their white lambskin uh, aprons. And again, the aprons and the gloves freak me out. Like. Are well, they the, wearing it because they don't want to get their clothes dirty when they're sacrificing the goats? I don't I don't understand. Well, that's the thing, Alan Smithy. I can't seem to find anything saying that they do sacrifice uh, sacrifice goats. And, you know, for a dark society, I can't really find anything terribly dark other than wearing bibs or aprons. But doesn't, aprons. That, doesn't that make you worry that they really, truly are darker than anything we know because they're so good at keeping the darkness out of any type of reference? Like, that, that to me scares me more than anything, the fact that they're able to cover up. Yeah, it does scare me. The fact that they're an evil society, that there's, uh, you know, the most the most mysterious group is the group you really know nothing about. Well, yeah, they're so good at it, but yet they're out there in the open, like I was stating earlier with them. The fact that they could be at a, two, a TV studio, Masonic Lodge could be a right. TV studio, is like, yeah. are we being controlled subliminally, right? Like, that's, well, that brings a lot to it. To the forefront, it really brings up. I, I, see, I'm here. In, I'm in Las Vegas now, but I remember when I lived in Toronto. That, from what I understand, that Masonic temple is simply the is a traditional Masonic temple. But the Masons don't actually hold meetings or practice there anymore. That that is just that was their their main headquarters in Toronto, but it's no longer used by the Masons, it's simply called the Masonic Temple because they at one time used it. Now here in Vegas, the Masons meet at the bottom of the Mirage. There's a secret room or secret chamber slash hall at the bottom of the uh, the Mirage Hotel. And uh, that's, you know, that's, that's, what we, that's how we roll here in Vegas. You, you know, got to think about it. Like if it's the, that Masonic Temple is at the corner of like Young and Davenport. The property tax on that place is probably out of control. And if they don't have a ton of members anymore, right. they probably can't afford their lambskin aprons and the property tax for a big building at Young and Davenport. Unless Toronto. it's a religious exemption. Unless they have that religious exemption. Oh, that's a good question. Do the Freemasons get religious exemptions? I don't know that. Again... I'm I'm a coked up former you know a movie guy and not a not a tax accountant. I wish I could help you with that afternoon, but Holy I don't fuck. really know the answer to that one. Yeah. The real question of the night is: is Does Alan Smithy in Vegas uh, get a tax exemption when he's sniffing coke off the asses of hookers in Vegas? It, I I it, I have a really really good accountant named Bernie, and uh, he works out of Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa, and he's got an office in Delaware. 
<laughs> and uh, where all the tax exemptions, kind of, Bernie takes care of everything. He's he, remember weekend at Bernie's. That's my guy. Oh he wow, looks like that except not dead but alive. And he moves so on Bernie, his own. Right? Uh, Bernie, Bernie just he knows what he's doing. He funnels. I don't want to say launders by money because that's illegal. So he <clears> just <throat> takes care of gently scrubbing the money and making sure it comes out clean. Better call you know? Marty Bird from uh, Ozark so I'm, he can do it for us properly. Dude, what I'm <laughs> what I'm doing is what I'm doing right now is Alan Smithy's NFT cryptocurrency. Man, you can buy a an Alan Smithy token and an and NFT of my ass. That's that's oh. what I'm, that's my next big thing. <laughs> you could own an NFT of my ass, and I can't think of anything better on the blockchain than my ass. Well, I guess that uh, that chocolate that chocolate mold of my butthole would be a great NFT. <laughs> At least you wouldn't have to taste the jelly filling on the inside, right? I think <laughs> I think I think we're. I think where we should go is with every three card Astro Moon reading, Astro Moon should take a picture of that three card reading and make an NFT about it. And then boom, there's your dollar. You can. I'm glad can that one you a picture of that reading and not a picture of my butthole. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I'm, looking, I'm curious where all this is about to go. That's not where I was going to go with that. But if that's where you want to go, Astro Moon, I'm willing to take that picture and I'm willing to make an NFT out of it any day of the week. You just let me Talk about a moon with a view. (laughs) Talk about a moon with a view. That NFT would make millions. I guarantee you would make millions. This podcast is rich and it's all part to (laughs) Alan Smithy taking pictures of Asher Moon's butthole and selling it as an NFT. I love it. I'm telling you, we are are right in the forefront of what's hit these days with the kids. My boys at the Non-Funnable Podcast would be uh, helpful in setting us up with this butthole picture. <laughs> totally. Uh, butthole NFTs are the future, my friend. Yeah, I'm Pornhub. The Freemasons are so happy to be connected to this podcast today. I'm sure they're, they're so, I'm sure they're so pleased Buttholes, about this. Coke, and aprons. This is the secret. The future, of, the future of NFTs, it's not just assholes buying them. But assholes buying NFTs of assholes. I just it <laughs> somehow just seems to fit. And hey, if you want to put some some Masonic imagery alongside your asshole and sell it as an NFT, anything goes these days. If Gwyneth Paltrow as a monkey board ape or whatever it's called, if they're selling an NFT for that, you can sell anything as an NFT. So yes, Astro Moon's butthole with Masonic symbology done. Well, so essentially then guys, like the, the main takeaways from today's podcast, let's, let's just quick, I just want to quickly, this is what I'm taking away from it. So <laughs> Freemasons possibly still exist, but we're not sure. Do they own goats? Who knows? Could be dogs. And thirdly is this podcast has nowhere to go, but up from this point. <laughs> 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 like we've already scratched rock bottom. And I think like we, we've excavated out an extra six feet. Like that's where I feel like, We've essentially gone. Well, it's called called going on a tangent and riding that tangent water slide straight to hell, my friend. You you say tangent, I'll call it a bender. Sure. And this episode of the podcast was brought to you by Blue Chew. (laughs) Uh, Motorsports Mofo, whenever he can't get it up and can't tag team uh, either Alan Smithy or John Doe in to help him to finish the job, he uses Blue Chew. This is the future home of Blue Chew. tag team me, brother. Don't even, don't even. (laughs) I've got Mofo's back in more ways than one. I, what? (laughs) Watch out for your butthole. (laughs) 
I was right. just going to say, I feel like this is prison for God's sake. This <laughs> is prison, my friend. No a orange jumpsuits here, baby. Are you kidding me? Life is a prison, my friend. You know, if, if Alan Smithy's sponsor is listening, please, <laughs> yes. I, I plead with you to give that man a call and uh, just just check in on him, you know, because we're worried. We I don't think, really worried. I don't think worry, Jeep is ever going to call sponsor, us. Alan, I got to tell you, Smofo, my sponsor is, in fact, he's a mason. So we're good. He's, I, he's, <laughs> he's, he's putting a new extension on the uh, on the house. I nowhere up from here, folks. A fire. I'm building a gun range. I have uh, because it's it's uh, again down here down here in Nevada. Guns are very legal, my friend. So the uh, my Freemason, my sponsor. Uh, I get my I go to my weekly meeting and we're we're good to go. I, although they don't like when I do cocaine in the bathroom. So therapy will be our next uh, sponsor for Alan Smith. He's unpredictable. Totally. <laughs> my sponsor is an analyst. And he is also a therapist. Uh, he's an analyst. Oh wow! A n a l y p r s t, analyst. So, folks, we're gonna wrap this bad boy up. I'm sure we could come back to this next time, or you can wait. Wait before we go. I want to list off some of the most famous Masons. Yes, let's do it. All right, Motorsports so Mofo is, number one. This is why the Masons are steeped in mythology. So, firstly, a full one third of of uh, the folks that created the United States Constitution and, and founded the United States of America of the thirty nine names on the Constitution, thirteen of them were Masons. Some famous ones: George Washington, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, Franklin D. Roosevelt, uh, Harry Truman, Andrew Jackson, and like I said, that that uh, rascal Benjamin Franklin. Uh, people like Henry Ford, people people like Cecil B. DeMille, uh, John Wayne, Irving Berlin, uh, Harry Houdini. There's, again, if we're talking about mysterious masonry and being mysterious, the fact that Harry Houdini was a mason is so on brand for the masons. It's like one of the most mysterious characters, you know, of the early 20th century. Harry Houdini was also a mason. Oscar Wilde, um, a, a great Irish person, just like Astro Moon, a mason. And Mark Twain, one of the most prolific writers of the century and the 19th century uh, also a mason so yeah it's just when you look at the people who have historically been masons and that's not counting like royalty like uh, the marquis de lafayette or king george the the sixth when you talk about all the people that have been masons it, it adds to their mythology it definitely does add to the mythology it's actually uh man i wasn't sure if i was still on the air i was just talking <laughs> to myself i was, I was having a i was having a, a cocaine fueled bender i'm like I'm the like, drugs here? have taken Trumps have taken hold. I'm outside Barcelona. What, what are they called? Quaaludes or something like that? Like Quaaludes, shit. my friend. It's called. Uh, it's you mix an upper and a downer at the same time, and it levels okay. the fuck out. Wow, yeah. I've just I've learned something new. Done a Quaalude yeah. since like 1974, though. Well, you ask, you ask Alan <laughs> Smithy what it was like. Everything everything in Vegas is still going on. I'll mix a little bit of Viagra. What? With a, 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 a popper, and I'm. I'm literally stiff for three days straight. It's would you, fantastic. Would you call Viagra a popper? I mean, that sounds like it would make it, sense to me. It is, it is definitely a popper, my friend. When you, you know, because Vegas is a fun town. You have to be, you have to be energized for this town, man. Holy fuck, we've definitely gone off the rails here, guys. This episode gets an 18 plus. Sure. You know it, man. Rated R. What's the weather like up there in Toronto, by the way? Because I'm sitting around, it's like 80, it's 81 degrees down here. Shit. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Thank you. I hear you fuckers have snow, but uh, 
Ah, uh, that's a shame. We're not going to go yeah, deep not- on that. Fuck that. No. Before I uh, close this bad boy off, I just wanted to send out a big thank you to some of our new listeners from Peru, Ukraine, and Ireland, United Arab Emirates, Brazil. Thank you for joining in and listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. We hope if you like it, you share it with a friend because God forbid our train wrecks don't get heard by a lot more than just one person. And John, if I may add to all of our listeners in Ukraine, stay safe. Stay free. Resist the red menace coming from the other side of the the wall. Just stay safe, my brothers, my sisters, and resist. Resist freedom, my friends. Freedom for Ukraine. And with that being said, Alan Smithy, thank you very much for your uh, Blue Chew talk. And you're very God bless you and God bless America. (laughs) Oh, my God. We're going to get killed. Uh, Motorsports Mofo, thank you very much for joining us and enlightening us with your Blue Chew talk. I know none of the people on this podcast, <laughs> and um, as always, a pleasure, though, folks. Thank you for letting us do this that we do. Uh, God knows we're all going to hell in the handbasket, <laughs> and uh, Alan Smith, you stay safe down there, and we'll send you the snow, brother. Don't much, you worry. We'll, we'll get much, global warming under control. love to Motorsports Mofo. I can't wait to see you again. It, you know, I have a feeling I will see you sooner rather than later. I don't know why, but I just have this feeling I will see you sooner rather than later. So Godspeed motor, Motorsports Mofo, all the best to you and the Black Widow. Thank you, sir, for those kind words. And again, thank you, everyone, and, for uh, for putting up with us. And much love to the to the great and illuminating, illuminating Astro Moon. Much love to you. Thank you so much. And thank you, John, for having me on. Of course. And thank you, Mo- Mofo, just for being you. And thank you to all of our listeners. You know that I love you guys so much. And yeah, follow us on all of our social medias and check out our website. And, you know, just do cool stuff and I'm so happy that we have listeners in Ireland and I know that I'm not technically Irish I was born in Canada I know that's a sticking point but that's where my heart is guys you Anyways. are so Irish it's ridiculous you cannot they're listening be, for Mopo one liners have a wonderful day they're listening to hear if Mofo's eating sack lunches and going chasing heat lightning <laughs> <laughs> I still I still maintain I'm sure G.I. Joe like something happened to him there that night I, I don't care what anyone says something happened to him I'm I sure drugs yeah guys every one of you Ashman you included really appreciate your time um, you guys really make this show special to not just me but the listeners and I'm sure you already know that guys reach us at like Go after Deep. school special or special Olympic special I'm not really sure where you're going but I appreciate the compliment uh, I think it's a little bit of both if I could be so honest sure uh, much love to you John Doe <laughs> I love you too Alan Smithy Go Deep Productions GoDaddySites.com That's our website You can listen to our podcast there You can reach out to Alan Smithy Tell him you want a sample of his coke And not a piece of his butthole candy um, You can reach uh, Astro Moon You can tell her that you want a reading You're willing to pay And she's good news And she's good at it And you you want her perceptions You can reach <laughs> uh, Motorsports Mofo You can tell him you don't agree with his blue chew He should just stick with Viagra And Tom the, <laughs> the Widowmaker is a piece of shit And buy himself a real car Folks, a wise person once told me Nobody likes a tip So that's why we go deep Go deep Go deep Go Deep Productions. Thank you for listening to Go Deep, the podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we give our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on all forms of social media. If you would like to reach out to the show, email us at GoDeepThePodcast at gmail.com. And remember, always go deep. <laughs>